Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Memphis Grizzlies host the Charlotte Hornets after a four-game road trip. They return home tonight. You can hear tip-off at 7 o'clock with Eric, who joins us now. Pre-game will start at 6.30. Eric, 2-2 two and two on the road trip. I guess maybe you could get a little greedy after winning the first one, but to me it kind of felt like, all right, job well done. Like you, you split on the road trip, first West Coast road trip of the year. How did you kind of view it? Well, I think obviously they, they played well enough to win in Sacramento. Um, they really kind of controlled that one, and, and Sacramento's still figuring some things out. The tests were Utah and Portland, and I thought – Obviously, missing Ja in the first game hurt a little bit. And then missing Dez, you see what he does for, you know, the spacing yeah. with a, with just a real threat on the perimeter. If you don't have that guy that can literally, you know, end a run or, you know, flip a script with a long three, um, they just packed it in. And they just packed the paint and said, all right, well, you know, if you want to take it in here every time, that's fine. We're gonna we're gonna hammer you, and we're gonna make it really difficult on you to to score unless we foul you. And you know, eventually that takes its toll. I just didn't think they played very well in that game three. Didn't have the same sense of urgency. The defensive rotations were slow, and I thought the defense at the end of the first game was needs improvement. Um, you see that they miss Jaron, obviously. I mean, they miss anybody that's not there for them right now. They miss. I mean, there's just no two ways about it. They miss Zaire. They miss Jaron. And, any team, I think, that's missing two of their top eight guys, and then you sprinkle in missing a third, possibly a fourth at times, it's, it's a lot to overcome. Um, they're, they have a good enough roster and a, a deep enough bench to kind of fight through that and muddle through it. But, you know, you're, you're thinking about five and three. Six and two looks a lot different. I thought they should have, you know, that game one was the, the opportunity that they had. And unfortunately, Ja got a little touch of the whatever, and, so did Jake, and you know, uh, thankfully it was it was gone before he knew it. But I, I mean, I was surprised to see Jake, um, you know, potentially available in Portland. They didn't play him, but you know, when I saw him in Utah, boy, he just it, he didn't. It wasn't COVID. It just was whatever you know, cruds going around, and you could tell he didn't feel well. And I'm like, man, I'm sorry for you. And traveling when you're doing that's just not fun. So, um, you know, yeah, you split. That's the minimum you want to do. So it wasn't a disastrous road trip. I think it could have been a little bit more prosperous. Um, the, the good thing is those are two of the tougher places to play in terms of Portland and Utah, and you're done with them now. Um, but you got to get, you know, Utah looks like a team that could 
be sticking around. So you've got to take care of your business on your home court. When they come into town, you put a little pressure on yourself there. If it comes down to, you know, maybe a four five or a six, seven or whatever it may be, um, you would hope it doesn't get that low for the Grizzlies or maybe, you know, if it does get that high for the Blake or for the jazz, who knows? So, um, I think again, there's some things that need to be cleaned up defensively, but they'll get there. And, and, you know, look, we're eight games into the season and we were talking about it on the trip, 19 games through the year last year, they were dead last in every defensive category uh, under the sun. And they came back and in the final 63 games, they were able to flip that around and become a really, really good defensive team. So I, I don't have any doubt that they can do it. The system works. The players have bought in, as we all know, and just, you know, it's just the part of the early season. Get your ball rolling. But it's a, just a weird quirk, if you guys haven't noticed. Every home game and every road game, including this three-game homestand and the road game that will include San Antonio, their home is against the East and road's against the West. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of wild to see it that way, but I, I guess, you know, whatever, 12 games in, and you still got to play 82, but in your first 12 games to not have a home game against the Western Conference team is a little bizarre. So they'll they'll see Charlotte tonight, who's banged up badly, and then you got Washington, who who knows what they're going to do, and then Boston, who's obviously very good, and then you go on the road in the San Antonio team that has looked good and then, you know, looked awful the other night, surrendering almost 150 points to Toronto. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting because I, I look at it like – People are some some people are talking about five and three in terms of they could be better, and I just look at it as, you know, if you told me before the season, and frankly, if you tell me right now, they're going to go five and three over eight game stretches without Jaron Jackson Jr. Let's say he misses, you know, you're hopeful right. he's back before this, but let's say he misses 24, 25 games. If you go five and three over each of those eight game stretches, you're fifteen and nine without Jaron Jackson Jr. That's pretty yeah. good to well, me. And then like, further yeah. with the with the five and three. What, you've only had two games in which Desmond, John, ja, Dylan have all played together, right? Right. Yeah, and, and listen, don't discredit the, the loss of Zaire Williams because it puts some young guys in there that, that don't have the same experience. He looked great in camp. You know, in the summer, obviously, they were trying some things with him, and so people were like, oh, he didn't look great in the summer handling the ball. Well, he's not going to handle the ball very often. You know, it's, it, that's not <laughs> – that's just to get him – adept to it so when it does happen he's not a deer in the headlights you know they're, they're, the plan isn't to have him come in and spell john tyus the plan is hey if we need you to facilitate a player to or if we get in foul trouble let's just get you some more experience but this is where your strengths are and that's what the summer should be used for so um look five and three you're a 50 win team what's the benchmark of a good season 50 wins if they're a 50 win team without jaron jackson jr and zaire williams what are they with them now what people will point to is like Oh yeah, but you've played the Knicks and you played the Nets and you, you know, teams that are in a little bit of turmoil or in a little bit of a transition phase. You played a Jazz team that's overachieving. You played a Blazer team without Damian Lillard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever, whatever. It's the same eighty-two game schedule for everybody in terms of. Well, to your you point, know, like, though, I almost think, I almost think that I view that as a positive. Like this Jazz team right, right now. Like I don't know if that's what the Jazz are going to look like in February. Like you. You got the better version of them. Like, I, I almost think, like, it kind of works in your favor because I think those teams are better than we thought they were going to be. Well, yeah. No, I think it does, too. But people, you know, sure. people still will point and Oh, well, yes, say the Internet will do you know. anything. Yeah. So, it's just, again, you know, go out, take care of your own business. You get better defensively. Your offense is going to work. It was good to see the ball move the way it did against Portland. Um, you know, they, they finally were moving the ball at a great rate. And I thought 
making extra passes and it, it led the shots. And, you know, again, you see what Dez does. And even then, you know, Dez, it's not just opening up the lanes for jaw. It's opening up shots for other teammates. You know, if you're running out of trying to run Dez off the three point line, you might miss David Roddy who made three of them in that ball game, or you might miss John Conchar or Santi Aldama or somebody else out there that's capable of knocking that shot down. Now, you know, Tyus got a couple of good looks, didn't connect, and it wasn't a perfect night in Portland because you had him on the ropes after that incredible start to the fourth quarter um, and then let him back in the ballgame and, and made it closer than it needed to be. So they've got to they've gotta continue to improve in certain areas. They know that. You know, they're never, they're never satisfied with where they're at. They're never going to be satisfied, you know, with what the season looks like unless they – achieve all their goals and, and I'm not going to lie to you their goals are very lofty their goals are not hey let's go re- repeat as southwest division champions get in the playoffs and see what happens their goals are to make it to the western conference finals and beyond that um, they believe they can do it uh, they believe that all this talk of oh it's going to be a step back this year because people know who you are and you're going to be missing Jaron they, they they believe that they're capable of not having that happen so um uh, as I've told people, who am I to doubt this group? Because when Ja came in as a rookie, I didn't expect him to be in the eighth spot, you know, with 20 games to go before the pandemic hit. And, you know, in a real chance on that road trip when it started, if they played well to solidify themselves as the team that probably that you probably weren't going to be able to catch them if they won a couple of those games. And it was a tough schedule down the stretch, but they were they were playing well. And then the next year, you know, who would have thought they would bounce right back, get to the playoffs, and, you know, obviously, unfortunately, had to play Utah. They didn't have Jaron pretty much all year, really didn't have their version of Jaron. And then last year, people were like, oh, you took a step back trading Jonas Valanciunas and getting Steven Adams. People have doubted this group, all three of Taylor Jenkins' first three seasons. And I'm just looking around going, yeah, keep doubting them, because you know what, that just fuels the fire. And they don't need any extra added motivation. They know they're a really good basketball team. People know they're a really good basketball team. You know, it's it's interesting now when we go on the road and you see national TV guys, and I was like, oh, that's right, tonight's on national TV. You never expected. You, you know, I, I've gotten to know George Sedano from ESPN. Not trying to name drop over the years, just a good dude. And here, there he is in the hallway. He's like, oh yeah, you guys are on it. That's why I saw Mark Jackson at the hotel, and that's why you see guys walking around you're like okay and and that's the attention that they're getting and um it's fun man it's fun to walk around cities and see uh people that either are traveling to see the team or fans of your team in another nba city and wearing the gear and and being around and the reason is that this team is fun to watch had a chance to catch up with zach Kleiman a little bit uh the day we flew home and we were just at the same breakfast spot and um you know just had a little conversation and it's just it's remarkable what that front office has done rebuilding this in such a, you know, in such a quick manner because it's not always the case. I mean, you can look at, you can point to multiple examples of teams who have taken long stretches to rebuild after really good runs. And this team wasn't that long a stretch. We really weren't watching a team struggle to rebuild. It was what, one season? One yeah. season after, you know, mm-hmm. David Fisdale led them to the playoffs. And then the next year, they, you know, they kind of, I guess it would be two seasons. Two years, two years. We had the inju- the Mike Conley injury year where they yeah. tanked to get Jaron essentially yeah. at the end. Um, yeah. And then the following year, Jaron's rookie year, and then they trade Mike and Mark, or they trade Mark, and but and then, and then Mike, Mike kind of sits out towards the end of the year. But the, and that one, they started off like twelve and seven 
that year, if I yeah. recall, or twelve yeah, and five. They were number one in the West at twelve and seven. How about Don't that? You, Jazz have a lot of that Mem- that Memphis yeah. Grizzlies team vibe to them. Yeah, where they, they'll be le- they could be leading the West at Thanksgiving and then things it, yeah, 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 maybe the, for some yeah. different reasons. Yeah, but yeah, yeah maybe maybe looking at the that, seven pick. Not that I really care about the Jazz in terms of their prosperity, but I don't wish anybody going losing 21 out of 22 games. (laughs) (laughs) And literally, we were telling the story, I remember that year, where it it was like new ways to find the lose. Like, you have a lead, and you inbound a ball, and it it hits a guy's foot and bounces the wrong way, and the team goes down and makes a three, ties the game, you lose an overtime. Something stupid like that. How long? We were just shaking our heads, because we went from, all right, we look pretty good, we look like we could be competitive for this season and it'll be fun it's you know a quarter of the way through and they're at the top of the west but you know they 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 need to clean some things up and before you knew it it was just like uh this isn't good anymore (laughs) this is tough and i felt for jb that year because injuries certainly had an effect on it the trade deadline did as well and you know at that point you're just like okay now now what do you do and so but to your and point, it's awesome. To your point, it's that what was less done. than four years ago. <laughs> to your point of how yeah. quickly this has turned into what it is, I I'm curious your opinion on this. I have a column up at commercialpill.com where I, you know, there's a lot of different things that have happened through these first eight games, whether it's the injuries right. or the defense struggling without Jair and all that stuff. But to me, I, I I wrote that I think the single thing that matters most from these first eight games in my mind, is what we're seeing from Desmond Bain, where his game seems to have gone even higher than it was last year. And I group him now. It feels like, to me, we are watching him this season enter the category like Clay Thompson was in, Chris Middleton was in, that secondary all-star within your team. I feel like we're watching him blossom into that right now. What say you? I don't disagree with that at all. I think, you know, there's a reason why you're one of the top rated columnists in the country, as you guys <laughs> alluded to every pre-show and uh, the top sports columnist in the state of Tennessee. And, you know, I don't, I can't remember Jeffrey's words every time, but yeah, me either. Um, yeah. Well, you know, that's fine. Mm. Uh, no, there's no question. We are actually, we're, we had that conversation on the plane yesterday. Think of a guy that, uh, what guys in the league were unexpected stars. And the first one I said is Chris Middleton, second-round pick. He's there. And then you could say, like, Pascal Siakam, Jimmy Butler, mm-hmm. guys that were late picks or on even undraft, like Duncan Robinson, even though kind of Duncan's fallen off a little bit. But nobody expected him to be as productive as he was as an undrafted guy out of Michigan and a two-way signee that all of a sudden got a really big contract. Um, you know, when you, when you get drafted in the lottery, the potential's there. So you usually look outside the lottery. There's just not a lot of those guys in the league right now. You know, we went through all the rosters like, man, everybody that's a star usually is a top five, top ten pick, mm-hmm. top fifteen pick. But you know, with with Middleton and Desmond, they they kind of break that mold. Jimmy Butler was the thirtieth pick as well, so mm-hmm. you can get to those points. And yeah, he he one hundred percent is playing at that level. There was a debate last year amongst some people like, hey, could this guy be an all star this year? And I was like, eh. Not quite yet because there's not enough notoriety around the team. There's not enough recognition. He's not above 20 points a game. I mean, he was he was playing well. There was no doubt. Now, I mean, three straight 30 point games, and then another one that was knocking on the door of 30 the other uh, against the Blazers. He's averaging what 24 and a half, 20. He's leading the game. league in fourth quarter scoring yeah. average right now. So he took he yeah, took it well, from Ja. <laughs> 
it didn't it didn't hurt his average that he went out and got yeah. pistol hot. Yeah, as, uh, as scored we like twenty the other against, night. Yeah, yeah, against against the Blazers. I mean, it was just like he was, and it wasn't just shooting. Mm-hmm. You remember, he assisted on one of those threes as well. He was driving to the basket. I thought early in the game, this is a sign of maturity for me. First of all, the guy's the ultimate gym rat. He's always in the gym. He's always playing places. I keep talking to people around town. I was like, yeah, Desmond works out at our high school gym. Yeah, Desmond works out at our high school gym. I'm like, bro, how many high school gyms do you work out at? Mm-hmm. Like, there's, I've had like five people tell me, like, oh, just, you know, wherever I can find a place to shoot, I go shoot for a couple hours. And, you know, I, I mm-hmm. remember seeing him, you know, just, just walking in, like, I grab something out of the, uh, you know, out of my office, and it was like 10 o'clock, and I heard somebody in the practice court, and I look in there, it's Dez. He doesn't live downtown. Like, he drove all the way downtown yeah. to, to go shoot on an off night. That's that's remarkable dedication. That's the type of young man he is. And then, you know, you, you watch him play, and I thought first half he was almost trying too hard to, to, to attack the interior, maybe get guys in foul trouble, not just settle for threes. They were closing out, and getting himself in spots that were tough, be tough for anybody. But the mark of a, a really confident and good player to me is, all right, yeah, you started a little off, off your mark. Get back to doing what you do, find your spots, and, and get in a rhythm. And he did exactly that. And, you know, look, you can see it. Ja loves when he does that because Ja will just sit back and go, here's the ball. You know, and we've seen Steph Curry do that for Clay Thompson. We've seen the Bucks do that for Chris Middleton. And that's when you have the faith in your secondary scorer that you, you don't have a problem saying, Hey, if you're going, take it. You know, it's not my time. And, you know, one of the one of the biggest moments I think this so far this season was in Houston when Jaw's knocking on the door of fifty, he's got forty nine, they've got to inbound the basketball. Well, as good as Jaw's been from the free throw line, if if I give you guys an option, do you want Desmond Bain shooting two or Jaw shooting two? Des. There's no disrespect in saying it's Desmond Bain, and Jaw understands that. And he said, No, 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 no. Give it to Des because that's going to seal the game. So caring more about the win and also the trust he has in Desmond Bain came out right there, and that's that's a big statement because there's a lot of guys that would say, "Yeah, give me the ball, I want 50." Well, the John's other, like, I don't care about 50. I care about winning, and that guy's going to give us the best chance to win. And I think Des knows that responsibility falls on his shoulders, and something he takes very seriously. The other thing, though, that's like a nice wow, we are in a different element or a different era. The fact that you're getting frustrated because a guy wasn't settling for threes. Like, normally the right. Grizzlies complain is, they're just settling for threes. It's like, no, right. he was trying to attack the rims. Like, no, just get back there and trying shoot. too hard, yeah. Just go back and shoot. <laughs> like, that's a new yeah. day and age. Man, I tell you, like I've told people, like, Mike Miller, when he shot it, I thought it was going in. I mean, it just was. I mean, his shot's so pure, and, you know, that was a long time ago, though. Then maybe Troy Daniels. You know when he got this here, is the, he was this is the but, debate. Mark, Mark asked. We we had to go through it. So far, we've named the same names. Yeah, those were the guys that when they shot it, you went, "Okay, that's going in." I can't recall anybody else. Like where I clearly felt like every time it leaves his hands, it's going in. It's obviously not going to go in every time, but I think it it probably will every time he shoots it. And you know, I I remember seeing as he started a rookie because that was the year we didn't travel. Yeah, and so I'm going like. Okay, who this dude looks like a linebacker, let alone a basketball player. And then he shot a couple and I was like, Oh my, this this could really be nice. And then you had Grayson and you're like, Boy, that's a great one two punch. And then you started thinking well, you can't play a one two punch with these guys. You gotta have one or the other. And it was a lot like when the Grizzlies long ago had Kyle Lowry and Mike Conley. Great choice to have to make. Unfortunately, you know, one guy gets upset, but he turns it into a 
phenomenal career. And, and, you know, there's a lot of people who believe Kyle Lowry will be in the Hall of Fame because of the number of all-star appearances yeah. he's made in the Eastern Conference. Now, I don't know that you can say that about Mike Conley as, as well as he's played throughout his career, but there are a lot of people that say, hey, Kyle Lowry's like a five-time all-star. And usually when you make an all-star team five times, even in the East, and you have the numbers that he has, you're getting in at some point. You're not, you may not get in first or second or even third ballot, but you're getting in. And that was the decision the Grizzlies had to make. And that Lionel Holland just felt more comfortable with Mike Conley. Didn't mean he didn't like Kyle Lowry. Just meant I can't keep both of them here and keep both of them happy. Same thing with Grayson Allen. You know, I, I wish nothing but the best for Grayson, especially with him being in the East. Dude, go tear it up. We're only going to see you two games. Yeah. So it's not like you went to San Antonio and are going to bury us in a playoff series if that would happen or whatever Western Conference team. Go to Milwaukee, do your thing, have a great career. And, uh, you know, as much as people dislike him because of the Duke persona, I love that guy. We had some great conversations. And, and I, you know, he even said to me once, he goes, yeah, I know I've done some really dumb things on the basketball court. He goes, I don't understand it, Eric. <laughs> I, get, I get out there and my brain starts going and I get super competitive. And then I do something dumb. And I even tell myself afterward, I look at the tape, like, boy, that was dumb. I was like, well, then don't do it. He goes, I can't help it. <laughs> I'm too competitive. And I'm like, no, there's worse things, you know. He literally gave you the wedding crashers. He gave you the sack, you know, when, it, when he's up. He's like, it's this damn competitive streak that I've got. Yeah. And then you should yeah. just Christopher Walken him. It's, hey, that's yeah. five generations of breeding. Yeah. <laughs> right. No doubt. Right. So it's. You know, it's uh, it's a great problem to have. And, you know, to see Dez out there like that, and they made the right choice, obviously. And it is again, fascinating. They were all kind of him and D'Anthony Melton yeah. were all kind of, yeah. to start that year, were kind of all on even ground, so to yeah. speak. Right. And, and now Melton's now gone, right? Yeah, Melton's now in and Philly. And then there was one. <laughs> yeah, no, and they clearly, I mean, clearly Desmond was the right choice. I think by midway through that year even, you could sort of tell Okay, this yeah. is the guy with the greatest ceiling because of his offensive game. Um, well, but- he, you know, the ability for him to drive to the basket and with that physique to absorb contact. You know, there's times I honestly I feel bad for him because he's so strong. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like he gets hit as hard as he does. You know, you yeah. go back and look at the replay, and you're like, how did you not call a foul on that? Because the guy literally bounced off him, and the referee's going like, well, okay, I guess I'll just let that go. Still a foul, but because Dez is so strong, it's like, well, yeah, you know, it kind of looked like a – Super Bowl off a yeah. off a brick wall, just kind of going the opposite way. We'll just let Bain get the bucket, but yeah. And you know, look, uh, this guy, it, it's he's the complete package, and it goes to everything that this front office has done with building a culture, building a group that are you know really good basketball players, but really good teammates, really good uh, people that that will take everything, and you build what everybody wants to have in an organization is a set defined, you know, goal list and then a culture that can make that goal list come to fruition. And, you know, you don't get that with a bunch of me first guys. I mean, look at all these teams that are having problems. You got a bunch of superstars that are wanting things their way or what way, you know, I, I found it incredibly funny that Kevin Durant says, Oh, it's really surprising that, that they went, went ahead and fired Steve Nash so early. I was like, Dude, you wanted him fired in July. Yeah. Like, that's I, I don't you know if that's your feelings, I don't have a problem with it. But don't don't be surprised when it happens, and you're the guy saying, "Hey, I'm the superstar here. I should get what I want." And then they give you what you want. Oh, I was surprised by that. Why? You were the one who's who called for his head on a platter. So, it's just funny to me that that that's how that stuff goes. And you know, I think 
I, you know, I, I've seen these guys, and, and as they get older, that's when superstars tend to start doing more of that stuff. I, I don't think that that's the group that you have here right now because I think they understand one another. I think they enjoy playing alongside one another where it's like we don't want to go anywhere else. Obviously, there's going to be some movement at times, but as, if you can keep it as close to this as possible, this is what we love. And, you know, there's no question in the locker room who the best player on this team is. There's, there's not yeah. a guy in the corner going, well, I wish I could get that. I should be getting that last touch because I'm, there's no question. 12 is your, 12 is your leader. And you've got guys that can, as, as they say, everybody can eat. Mm-hmm. It's, not a, it's not a one-man buffet. Everybody can eat, and everybody's cool with that because to them, winning basketball games means you're going to get paid. I, I, I thought about this the other day. What team offers Brandon Clark that contract? Just based on the numbers alone. Yes, his numbers are solid. What team offers him that contract? No one, right? Probably no one. Probably not at that, yeah, that, yeah, that price, yeah. And the Grizzlies are like, no, 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 we'll pay to keep that guy because everybody likes playing with him, and he's a big part of what we do. And that's where, that's the message that gets sent to your locker room. Like, hey, you may not score 15 or 16 a game like you do somewhere else potentially, but you're not going to have as much fun and you're not going to win like we are probably more than likely. And what's more important to you in the long run? And if, you, if you're successful and you help us win, we're going to take care of you because of that. And I think that's a, an incredible message that's been sent to this group, and they've taken it to heart. All right, Eric, real quick. Tonight, Grizzlies-Hornets pregame starting at 6.30 right here on 92.9 FM yeah. ESPN. Uh, Hornets are uh, badly uh, – they're, they're more injured than the Grizzlies are. Uh, oh, they're banged up. No, I mean, yeah, I, no LaMelo Ball, awful. no Gordon Hayward, no Terry Rozier tonight, no Cody yeah. Martin tonight. Any chance – do you see the Hornets being able to put up a fight here tonight with how depleted well, they are? I never discount any team that has guys wearing NBA jerseys because, you know, it's funny. The guys that are coming in and filling those voids want to prove they belong to. So I never take anything lightly. With that said, that's a lot to overcome, and the Grizzlies are coming home. The, the one advantage they may have is I've always found first game back from a road trip can can be a little tough sometimes. So, We'll see, but I like the odds in the favor of the Grizzlies tonight. I really do. I don't. I think it's going to be an up and down game. I think it's going to be a lot of scoring. I think, you know, it's an interesting move to me for the Hornets, who were playing really fun basketball last year, and they let James Brago go and brought back a guy in Steve Clifford, who is known as a defensive wizard. But does your roster fit a defensive wizard system? Not it, really. It looks to me, looking at it like it fits more of a team that wants to get up and down the floor and score, right? So how is this going to work? How are these guys going to react? So they've got size, though. They've got, some, they've got a few seven-footers. Um, they drafted the kid out of Duke, Williams. They have uh, Nick Richards and, and Mason Plus. So they've got big guys, and the Grizzlies obviously are, lur- are hurting for size with Jaron out. But um, I, I think if the Grizzlies go out and play their game tonight, the, the good things should happen. I think they have a real chance to take this one. I think they have a real chance Sunday against the Wizards team. That's, that's solid, but you, you feel like you're better. It's a tough turnaround on Monday, but if you know you, you go out, you fight, you scratch, claw. Boston's really good, obviously. If you can take care of business on the road in San Antonio, I, I, I think you're looking at another potential three-in-one stretch, but you've got to handle the first one to get it off on the right foot. So we'll see what happens. Eric, we appreciate it, buddy. Have a good call. Thanks, Eric. Guys, thank you. Take care. Have a great weekend. Talk to you next week. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.